0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas here. Another edition of the Believe and Patriots podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. We're getting ready for week two, Patriots and Seahawks Sunday Night Football in Seattle. As we tape this on Thursday, concerns about air quality in Seattle do seem to be lessening, though, getting a little bit better. Looks like this game will be able to be played. Bill Belichick addressed the media and said they are monitoring it, but said the situation does look good. Hope everybody in Seattle is safe as we get ready for this game as well. As always, you can follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Believe website, and portions of the podcast appearing on YouTube as well. You can follow me on Twitter at fa. Radio Brady. We're sprucing up the podcast now as we continue to evolve and go through. You'll hear some more um, bells and whistles to make it fun. They're not even finalized yet. We got some of them today. They're not completely done, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. It'll help keep it more entertaining for everybody. Jake Heaps, former Seahawks quarterback, radio host at 710 ESPN in Seattle. He is going to join us in about 10 minutes as well. So, Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You can't be at many games this year, but you can still focus and be in on the action at Bet Online. I already tell you, Arizona minus six and a half against the uh, against the Washington football team. Almost almost slipped up, but didn't. Minus six and a half, Cardinals against the Washington football team. The games in Arizona. Washington had a huge unexpected comeback win against Philly. They're not doing it again. Kyler Murray's electric. Cliff Kingsbury's electric. Minus six and a half. Arizona, that's where you want your money. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options than ever to wager and more options than anywhere online. You can also go to the 24 hour casino as well online. It never closes, so head to betonline.ag and take advantage. I want to get to this to start first impressions of this game. My first impression is that the Patriots lose this game 27 21. But they show us that they are capable of playing with the big boys. I think the Patriots lose this game. They're they're four-point underdogs as I tape this right now. So people are telling you they should lose this game. But they're going to show us enough to lead you to believe that they're better than we thought. I've said all along, I thought they were an 8-win team. Baseline, if things went great, 10 wins, maybe they're a 9-win team. And if things go great, it's 11 wins. Look, when you look at Seattle, they're just better. They're better on paper. They've got all pros in Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and Russell Wilson. The Patriots have one in Stephon Gilmore. Seattle has more firepower offensively. You look at the offense and you see DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, three useful tight ends, multiple 1,000-yard rushers. They're better on paper, and they're better on the eye test. I mean, have you seen DK Metcalf? I mean, that dude is cut from a different cloth. He's like if you're playing Madden and you've decided to create a player and take him all the way up to 99. Big, fast, physical, can outrun you in a sprint or can flat-out run through you at the line of scrimmage as well. I mean, D.K. Metcalf is a big play guy. He's a huge play guy for Seattle. I mean, this was last week against Atlanta. Seahawks go and get the win in week one. Russell Wilson, fourth down play to DK Metcalf. At the 38-yard line, Russell, fourth down and five. He is, four-man rush. Russ looks. He's going to lay it up over the top. He's got a man down there. It's Metcalf. He's got it. Touchdown Seahawks on fourth down and five. Russ takes the snap, stands back there like a patient man and waits, and 14 gets open for six. Steve Rabel on the call there, 710 ESPN Seattle. Um, DK Metcalf's a home run player. I don't know, even as good as the Patriots' secondary is, I don't know that the Patriots' defense as a whole is good enough to stop every weapon that Seattle has. Will Disley, Greg Olson, Jason, Jacob Hollister, Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I don't know that there's enough there defensively for New England to stop them. But I think there is enough there defensively to at least make it challenging on Russell Wilson and make it challenging on the Seahawks. And the Seahawks have been notoriously slow starters. So you can force a turnover, get a three and out, ball control. I think the Patriots will show enough. Because a lot of people have the Seahawks in or around the Super Bowl. I think New England looks good enough that you'll start to look at them differently after week two than you did week one. Week one, we didn't learn a lot. Okay. Miami, look, that's what the varsity plays the JV team. Okay? Miami, five wins last year, 37 year old quarterback, revamped defense. Eh, that's what's supposed to happen. You're going to learn a lot more about New England, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. But another reason why New England's ultimately going to lose. Seattle's not going to be intimidated by the Patriot logo, the Patriot way, or Bill Belichick. I understand the Super Bowl. I understand that New England beat the Seahawks in a Super Bowl. But don't forget that the Seahawks had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter there. Russell Wilson's 2-0 against the Patriots in the regular season. Pete Carroll has beaten Bill Belichick in the regular season. There's positive history for Seattle, negative history for New England. And the Seahawks have had a great deal of success against Cam Newton in his career. They've beaten him in the playoffs. They've beaten him in the regular season. They've beaten him at home. They've beaten him on the road. So there's not going to be an intimidation factor there in the way that there's been for the Patriots or when teams play the Patriots for the last several years. So I do, but again, even though I think the Patriots will lose, I think they will do good things that leave you encouraged. I think the dink and dunk offense works against the Seahawks. Seahawks lost 500 yards of total offense last week against Atlanta even in a win. They don't get pressure easily. They were 29th in sacks last year. You can play a ball control game against them and keep Russell Wilson off the field. I think Cam can own the middle of the field against a soft zone. And therefore I think they can run, I think they can run the ball, keep Cam off the field or keep Russ off the field keep Cam on the field, hit Julian Edelman on a play action, hit a crossing route, hit a wide receiver screen, hit James White on a screen. As fast and physical as the Seahawks might be, I think the Patriots can absolutely try to play keep away with them to the point where maybe we see a little more of this this week.
0: First down and 10. Outside the 10 of the Dolphin 11. Burkehead now to the backfield in motion left. Newton fakes to him. Rolls to the right. Cam's going to run it. To the 10. Outside to the 5. Newton to the pylon. Got Touchdown it. Yeah. Patriots! His second in his New England debut. That's a man right there, boy. Woo.
1: Bob Sosi and Scott Zolak on the call there for 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Bob Sosi friend of the Believe in Patriots podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. So, When I look at this matchup and I think, what can New England do well? Play action, quick hitters, frustrate the Seahawks, beat them in the middle of their zone. Because the Seahawks, for as physical as they like to be on the outside, for as physical as they've historically been on the outside, there's holes in the middle of that defense. Julian Edelman could sit in the middle of the field, I think, and have 11 catches for 95 yards. I absolutely believe that. And I think that Cam, with a, with that stable of running backs that he has, I absolutely think that they can churn clock and churn yardage against Seattle this week too. Todd Gurley was running all over the Seahawks. It just so happened that the Seahawks got up big and Atlanta couldn't run anymore. Todd Gurley, for even the biggest shell of himself as he is now, was running all over that defense. He was like five yards a carry in that game. You know, four and a half, five yards of carry last week for Atlanta. If you can avoid the big turnover and you can harness Russell Wilson's big playability by keeping him off the field, I think the Pats have a chance to keep this game close. And if they're running, well, then that opens up play action. And play action, I mean, Cam was seven of eight, 90 yards last week on play action. Play action is my favorite play in football. When I see quarterbacks run play action, It just gets me excited. It reminds me of being a kid, and I would play. My favorite video game for a long time was NCAA football, the NCAA football series, specifically 2010 on PlayStation 2. Whenever I needed a big play, it was always play action, right? You play fake, roll right, buy time, let your receivers get behind the defense, boom, perfect diagram play. Unless, of course, the computer blitzes you, then you fumble, and you haven't even faked the handoff yet, and the guy's in the backfield already, but beside that, Play action is beautiful, and Cam and the Patriots excelled at it because their running game means something. Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback, he joined us on the Believe in Patriots podcast uh, earlier this week on Tuesday's episode, and he told us what he looks for in play action as a QB. Well, the whole thing about play action is your run game better be good. You know, yeah. your run game is good. Then that what you're looking for, you're trying to suck those linebackers up. You're trying to hit the tight end uh, on the
2: second level. Uh, you're also trying to hit the deep post route or catch a, a deep over route by
1: receiver. And how you do that is your run game is operating at a high level. Then once you do that play, actually, those backers are going to come up. You saw Edelman catch about two passes yep. yesterday over the middle. Because those linebackers was coming up, and they have to respect the run, and you have to respect Cam running the ball. So it puts so much pressure on your defenses, and I think Edelman is going to have a big year. Because Edelman is going to have a big year, Edelman can have a big game. And what Jason Campbell says there is, if your run game operates at a high level, which New England's does, play action becomes that more effective. And I can I can see again, even though I think that the Seahawks win this game, Cam Newton the Patriots, they run the football. There's the threat of Cam running. There's the threat of Burkhead, White, Michelle, J.J. Taylor. There's a threat of all of them running. Play action is going to mean something. If you can get Bobby Wagner to commit just a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and boom, there's Edelman over the top. The Seahawks' defense can be beat. Shaq Griffin will, will get hit with pass interference penalties, will get hit with illegal contact. Jamal Adams is the guy you're going to want to watch on defense. He knows the Patriots. He doesn't know Cam that well. But he knows the Patriots from his time in New York, and he's going to be the anchor of that defense in the back end, and he's got to keep everybody engaged, focused, and disciplined back there for Seattle to have a chance at shutting down the New England offense. Moving on to segment number two here on the Believe in Patriots podcast. And, again, we'll have some fancy Bells and whistles to go with things as we move through. It's being built right now. Segment two, I'm calling Foxborough feel good. Things coming out of Foxborough that should make you feel good. And this at this should Cam Newton talking about Nikhil Harry's fumble. Uh, remember last week, fumbled at the goal line, touchback, turnover to the Dolphins. The only turnover the Patriots had. Cam Newton talking about Nikhil Harry's fumble, giving the young player words of encouragement.
2: Let's just put a lot of things into perspective here, right? Did he have a
0: good game? Yes, he did. I think one play overshadowed the production that he did have.
2: He bailed me out on the play on on a kind of inaccurate pass that he came down with and got the first down. Um, He did pretty good in the the run game. Um, You know, he had... A couple contested catches.
1: Cam Newton, NBC Sports Boston had that audio. Um, Cam taking care of and propping up a wide receiver, a young wide receiver should make Patriot fans feel good. It shows good leadership, it shows a connection and a bond with his teammates, which we have been told has been prevalent since the moment he got to Foxborough. I mean, Nikhil Harry has been beaten down so much already in his young career. He needs the propping up among the best. Advice or the best words of wisdom I ever got told by a coach growing up is some guys need a kick in the butt and some guys need a pat on the butt. And you have to identify which players need what things. And I think Nikhil Harry needs a pat on the butt. And it doesn't make him soft, it doesn't make him weak. But look at what he's battled with. Okay, he's been injured, he's missed time in camp this year. He had a young he had an older quarterback last year that didn't trust him. He missed half the year. He's behind the eight ball, first round pick, all those expectations. Team goes to the playoffs. He's not really a part of it. Now you come in a little more expectations. Everything around you is changing. You have to get used to new quarterbacks. He's had adversity to deal with. He needs this propping up. Reminds me of when I was younger, playing baseball, you're pitching, you're out on the mound and you're there by yourself and nothing is going your way. Umpire's bad. Mound is bad. It's raining outside. The ball's got a seam that's messed up. You can't get a call. The shortstop boots the ball. Whatever. And you're there by yourself looking around going, somebody say something positive. Cam Newton provided that for Nikhil Harry. And that was important because again, there's been the narrative throughout his career that Cam is a selfish player. This continues to break down that Stigma about Cam. He's there for his teammates. He's there to prop them up. He props them up in the media. He doesn't degrade them publicly. He doesn't chide them publicly in the way that you saw Tom Brady do last year on national television with Philip Dorset. He is willing to trust his guys, trust his new guys. The Patriots need Nikhil Harry this week. They need him all season long. He's the only true athlete that this team has on offense and they need him to be completely mentally engaged, and Cam Newton helped him do that. That's why it's called the Foxborough Feel Good. Cam Newton taking Nikhil Harry under his wing should make you feel good. Absolutely should make you feel good. Moving on to segment number three here, call it the opponent spotlight. The opponent spotlight, where I'm going to look at a guy who maybe you haven't paid much attention to for the other team. Right? We all know Russell Wilson. We all know the quarterback. Who's a guy maybe you haven't thought of? That guy, for me, is Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett. I have so many questions. Will Stefan Gilmore follow him? Lockett plays a lot in the slot, by the way. According to Pro Football Focus, last year, Tyler Lockett's second highest graded receiver out of the slot in the entire NFL, only behind Chris Godwin of Tampa Bay. Better than other slot receivers, we think of Jarvis Landry, Jamison Crowder, Golden Tate, Tyler Lockett. Better than all of them, second best wide receiver in the league last year. Out of the slot, he had eight catches on eight targets this year, or this uh, in Week One against Atlanta, 92 yards, thousand yards last year. Fast, shifty, connected with Russell Wilson, makes difficult catches. Tyler Lockett is a stud. When you see the Seahawks, you're going to think DK Metcalf because of the. A draft video where he's got the abs and he took his shirt off and he's chiseled because he looks like a freak in the weight room. He had the touchdown last week. You're going to think of DK Metcalf when you think Seahawks wide receivers. Tyler Lockett is the guy. Third down, Russ looks for. Red zone, Russ looks for. Gadget plays, Russ looks for. How do they cover him? How do they cover him? Stefan Gilmore could follow him, but I don't recall Gilmore playing in the slot a whole lot questions opponent spotlight Tyler Lockett is the guy that you need to wait for um I want to move on now to our guest and I want to bring him on former NFL quarterback spent time with the Seahawks now a radio host at ESPN 710 in Seattle it's Jake keeps Jake how are you hey Brady doing well thanks for having me how you doing good I appreciate you joining me and I gotta say I've been doing you know I'm just a little bit older than you I'm 30 I think you're 28 or 29 I've been mm-hmm. doing radio for seven years. I apologize. I feel guilty every time I annoy a guest to come on. So I apologize for the multiple messages, late night messages. It feels, it's necessary for the show, as you know, but I feel guilty about it. So I apologize. Well, don't feel guilty. I'm glad you did so that we can make this happen
2: and uh, we can have some fun conversation heading into this game. It's going to be a fun one, Brady. So thanks for all the work you did to get this to to happen. (laughs)
1: Well, it's going to be fun for sure. Sunday night football, we're taping this on Wednesday. It's going to get released Thursday or Friday, so I know the answer to this might change. But how's the air quality right now in Seattle? Are we worried about this game being played Sunday night?
2: Yeah, that's a great question um, because it's a legitimate concern. I mean, for us, the reports were out there saying initially that, hey, this is going to happen over the weekend. By Monday, Tuesday, it'll dissipate and and hopefully go away. Um, That certainly hasn't been the case. It's still around even today. Um, but as of right now, signs have said uh, or, or weather reports are saying that things should be cleared up by Sunday That they should be able to be ready to go. Um, I truly would be shocked, Brady, if, if they were not able to play this game here um, on Sunday.
1: Well, that's certainly good news. Seahawks beat Atlanta last week by 13. They were up 20 in the fourth quarter. What was your overall impression of what you saw from the Seahawks last weekend in Atlanta?
2: Well, there, there were a couple things that really stood out about this team. One, I believe that they're a true, legitimate Super Bowl contender. Hmm. It's it's great to have great feelings about your team after yeah. week one, your 1-0, things of that nature. But it, it really confirmed everything that we thought of this roster and also what I was seeing during training camp from the offense, from the defense. Um, in Atlanta, they're struggling right now, and, and we'll see what they end up looking like down the road. But – I, you just look at Russell Wilson right now and what he's able to do, the command that he has of the offense is second to none to anybody in the NFL right now. And yes. And on Sunday, they let Russ cook, they let yeah. Russell have the ball and be able to manage the game. And the offense was through Russell Wilson. Um, that's something that Seahawks fans have been clamoring for. I've been clamoring for advocating for here on the radio here locally Um And it doesn't mean that you abandon the run game. The Seahawks still have an amazing run game. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde is your backup running back who was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. This offense is pretty pretty well put together just from an all-around standpoint. They can spread you out. They can go into heavy sets. They're really multiple. Um, And so I think that's exciting from an offensive standpoint. And if you see Russell play at the level that he played against Atlanta – the rest of the league better be on the lookout. Um, I mean, it was, you put on a show and then, you know, Jamal Adams, the Seahawks yeah. give up two first round picks and, and, and some, and everybody here was a little skeptical. I was actually very excited about it because this was needed. It wasn't a add on. It wasn't something that was a gambler risk. You're bringing in an all pro talent like Jamal Adams and he shined, uh, against Atlanta. Um, Next, him and Bobby Wagner, true playmakers on the field. Um, you guys obviously have been able to see him and, and witness yep. him twice a year for the last three years as he was playing with the New York Jets. And, and uh, I think this is a perfect fit for him here in Seattle. It wasn't perfectly defensively for this group, um, but they were opportunistic they got turnovers they they had four, four key four down uh fourth down stops yeah. in the game that was really the story of the game in my opinion outside of Russell and Jamal's performances so overall i'm i'm curious to see how this group grows uh into week 2 against New England who obviously is extremely well coached brady and is always going to be a tough opponent
1: The best matchup in this game is probably the Seahawks' offense against that Patriots secondary. And the the Patriots have the reigning defensive player of the year in Stephon Gilmore. But also, uh, I don't know if he's shut down yet, but a very good corner in J.C. Jackson. You played the position. When you know you've got somebody who's shut down on one side, how do you handle that if you're Russell Wilson?
2: Well, the way I know Russell Wilson personally, um, you definitely don't take risks. You don't take chances to that side. You make calculated decisions. Uh, but I don't think Russell's going to be afraid of going to Stefan Gilmore because he has that implicit trust in DK Metcalf and yeah. Tyler Lockett, who Gilmore is going to be charged to cover both either one of those guys in different situations. So um, I don't think he's going to necessarily shy away from him, but he's definitely not going to take risks. He's not going to you know, be throwing up 50 50 go balls against Gilmore or putting the ball in harm's way. Gilmore is just too good. Um, he's too good of a, a, a playmaker uh, in those situations. So, um, it definitely hurts you as a quarterback because it's essentially one less option on the field, right? You've got to feel extremely good about going to that player in that situation to pull the trigger. So, um, you know, luckily for the Seahawks, the first time in a long time that Russell Wilson actually has a, a variety of different weapons. Um, I mentioned DK and Tyler. Um, I, there's Greg Olson, Will yeah. Disley, Jacob Hollister. There's a really good group of receivers and tight ends, and they're really high on Philip Dorsett, who you guys had yeah. over the last little bit. And, and Phil didn't necessarily pan out to be, you know, the first round pick with you guys. Um, and they're not necessarily saying, Hey, he's going to be the number one or number two receiver, but he'll be a very good number three, um, as he's battling, you know, a little bit of a foot injury, but that speed will definitely be helpful in this offense.
1: How is Tyler Lockett so good? He's five foot nine, five foot ten. He was a gadget guy, kick returner, and now he's one of the best receivers in the league. How did this yeah. happen? Well,
2: one Tyler just has an amazing feel for the game. There's some guys who are just yeah. amazing technicians. They're physical freaks, and then there's guys who just get it. And Tyler's one of those guys. He gets it. He's a he's an unbelievable instinctual football player. Um, he's a great route runner uh, from the slot. He's got incredible speed. But the one thing that I think is really underrated about Tyler Lockett is his catching ability yeah. um, to, his ability to make difficult catches. I'm not talking about necessarily going up and jumping up in the air and getting a 50 50 goal ball, but man, that guy makes unbelievably yeah. difficult catches contested catches and him and Michael Thomas were actually ranked last year. Number one tied uh, in, uh, in unexpected catches, um, wow. and, and so that's a next gen stat um, that came out last year about Tyler Lockett. So this guy is unbelievable. He's the security blanket for Russell Wilson, no question about it. D.K. Metcalf is the big play guy, the, 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 the guy that has all the talent uh, in the world. Um, and so with that offense and those those three working together, it makes it definitely difficult.
1: You know, I have to cop to something. I'm actually a diehard Seahawks fan. I grew up in Seattle. I'm a a Patriots podcast host because I live in New England, and this is where my listener base is. But I've been watching the Seahawks for years, and it seems like since the Legion of Boom broke up, the middle of the field is completely wide open. Like, if Cam Newton wants to sit back there and just throw nine-yard passes to Julian Edelman, I feel like he's going to be able to do that. How can New England exploit the middle of the field in the way everybody else does against the Seahawks?
2: It's a great, it's a great point. Um, I think with Jamal and Quandre Diggs, it's changed that a little bit um, in that standpoint. This is a much improved secondary, which is exciting. Yeah, they didn't show that versus Atlanta, but um, I, I, I really believe that at some point you get into garbage time. Uh, you, you, Atlanta has an incredible group, uh, group of weapons, and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Hayden Hurst, um, and, and, and they were able to, uh, you know, rack up over 400 yards on the Seahawks defense, but this is a much improved group. This is a more aggressive group. So I don't think you're going to have as many gimmies as, yeah. as there were, were in the last couple of years, but the way that they do that, the key, I'm just going to give you a little secret here that <laughs> I know Bill Belichick is going to be seeing this on film is run the ball, run the ball against the Seahawks because right now this is a defensive line that I have major questions about. Uh, you know, Todd Gurley had, you know, an average of four yards per carry and he had under hundred yards. The only reason why that was, was because the Seahawks jumped out uh, to early leads, 14 yeah. point lead. And then again, they explode in the third quarter to another big 14 point lead, which forced them to force Atlanta to get away from the run, uh, the run game and focus more on the pass game. So obviously the Patriots aren't going to be doing that. Uh, Cam Newton is very clear, that they want to try and run the football. They want to do it in a bunch of different and dynamic ways and complement it with the passing game. And if they can truly get the run game going and established against the Seahawks, um, I think it's going to make it very difficult for this group. Um, And they'll probably be able to get some easy completions off of play action and things over the middle with Julian Edelman. So um, I think that that's the major key for the New England Patriots is establish the run game, establish Cam Newton in the run game, and uh, you, you got to see if the Seahawks can hold up.
1: Does Jamal Adams just spy Cam Newton all game long?
2: He'll certainly be around him. There's no question about that. I mean, Jamal was used in so many different ways. Uh, it was spectacular to see. Uh, Jamal is an unbelievable playmaker um, and, and a sure tackler. So, yeah, there will be times where he's definitely spied on Cam Newton. There's no question. But I, I would anticipate there you're going to see him loaded around the box, uh, blitzing the quarterback. Um, I think he's going to be used in a lot of, a lot of ways like that um, instead of necessarily just being a spy. But uh, we'll, we'll see how, it'll, how it goes. I think the Seahawks are going to be really concerned about that running game.
1: What's the key for a defensive line or maybe an outside linebacker on a read option? What are they looking at? Because Cam, he had 13 read options last week. Six of them he kept on his own. What's the defensive lineman looking for when he sees the read coming? Well,
2: it's it, it puts them in a really difficult position, and especially when you have a great offensive coordinator like Jason McDaniel's. Uh, are, it, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where, um, it's one of those things where you you look at it and uh, you can constantly put new defensive linemen in different binds. And when you're able to put them in different binds, uh, meaning uh, being in space they have to make decisions. And when you as a defensive lineman have to make decisions, it's, it's really tough. Um, and, and so I think the more times that you can do that, the better uh, from an offensive standpoint, especially when you have a true threat, at quarterback, running the football like Cam Newton. So um, they're going to try and do that as many times as possible. And historically, the Seahawks have really struggled in those situations. You look at what the Rams have consistently been able to do against the Seahawks over the years. Um, And and Lamar Jackson, what he was able to do versus them last year. I think, you know, Bill Belichick is going to be looking at that film in particular, the Ravens film last year, and, and looking at some of that, you know, heavy quarterback power type of run game. Uh, that the Seahawks struggled with. So um, I think that's the beauty of it in terms of the marriage between Cam Newton and the Patriots is it it really, truly lends to the creative ability of that coaching staff to be able to do so many different things in a given week.
1: I'll get you out of here on two quicker questions because I know you've got your own radio show to prepare for now. Um, As a transplanted Seahawks fan, I'll tell you, people in New England label Russell Wilson is the following, fake, phony, and robotic. (laughs) Tell me, Russell Wilson is not those things. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Uh, well, obviously they've had the fortune of, of having
2: Tom Brady for you know 20 years. That is now gone. Um, with Russell, I, I couldn't disagree more. Now, disagree more just in the sense that yes, he in the media does he not give much to the media. Uh, does he give generic answers to the media? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, but this guy is as is, is real as it gets in, in terms of his everyday preparation, in terms of the way he talks, the way he communicates. And I had that my I had you know somewhat of that impression myself before I actually got the chance to be in the same room with him, work with him, uh, be around him. He is he is, you know, dialed in every second of the day. Um, he is, uh, he's a tough guy to outwork. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I think for Russell Wilson, you know, he's obsessed with being great, obsessive with being great. And it—it it, it is in every aspect of what he does in his life. Um, and so, yeah, it's a little bit unique. It's a little bit different uh, to everybody else out there, but this guy's a hundred percent real. And I think, you know, you look at him and the way he leads, in this locker room over the last three years. I mean, these guys will do anything for this guy.
1: We'll get you out of here on this. My favorite question of ex-athletes turned media members. The media is always, the, always, the, always at fault. Media always gets grief. Why did you want to join the bad guys? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I was always kind of interested
2: in joining media, but uh, being on this side of it and still being close to a lot of the, the players, on uh, on the Seahawks and the coaching staff that is there, it's unique. It's different. And I think for me, the reason why I love it and the reason why I joined the media was more so from the aspect of, you know, not necessarily from an entertainment standpoint, but an education standpoint, doing the best that I could to, you know, help, you know, the audience and and the fans uh, be educated on the game and to teach the game um, in a, in a way that everybody can understand. And so, you know, when, when we break things down and talk things through, you know, it's really fun to be able to, you know, have people text in and say, Oh, I've never heard that before. I've never, you know, thought of it like that. And I think that that's something that's really fun. And, and we have a great time on our show here at 710 ESPN Seattle. And, and, uh, it's been a fun ride so far.
1: Well, former Seahawks quarterback, Jake Heaps, former number one quarterback recruiting prospect in the country, radio host at 710 ESPN Seattle. Enjoy the game and no more 11 p.m. text from me for a while, I promise. <laughs> all right. Well, sounds good,
2: Brady. Anytime you need me, man, I'm here for you. All right?
1: Uh, all right. Thanks to Jake Heaps for joining us, 710 ESPN Seattle, former Seahawks quarterback, really good friends with Russell Wilson, providing us great insight on this matchup coming up. I'm pumped for it. A couple days away, 820. Sunday Night Football, NBC. I can't wait for it. As we continue to move on here on kind of the revamped version of the Patriots podcast, um, I told you, we're we're bringing a lot of segments, doing some things, getting the bells and whistles out here. How about this? Fashion, I think, has become a big part of this Patriots season. Well, how about grading Cam's wardrobe? (laughs) Hansel, So hot right now. Hansel, Yeah, it's going to become a big part of our year this year. Patriots fashion, grading Cam's wardrobe. So Cam comes out on Sunday against the Dolphins in the beautiful yellow suit. He's got a great top hat. It's close to Mr. Peanut-esque. I would have brought the monocle out if I were Cam, though, but he did have a Mr. Peanut look. He also had a giant water bottle. Looks like something you take to go camping. Um... I had the briefcase, it looked like. So can not play the professional role well. Beautiful suit, great top hat. Again, I would have brought the monocle out to complete the Mr. Peanut look. My biggest gripe with it, I don't understand it, dress shoes with no socks. I can't get behind it. You're a pro athlete. You could blister the feet, uncomfortable toes, uncomfortable leather. I'm sure he's got the best shoes that you can have, but I cannot get behind the, the no socks with dress shoe movement i i can't do it so cam looked great i give it an eight out of ten overall on grading cam's wardrobe now i want to move on to our last segment of the day this one crazy patriots twitter takes crazy patriots twitter takes doesn't anyone notice this i feel like i'm taking crazy pills some of you are taking crazy pills on social media when it comes to talking about the New England Patriots. This one comes from somebody on Twitter named Scoop One, who says, Why isn't Des Bryant signed? yet? bruh. Dude's talented, nice hands, full work, etc. Would well, love to see him in New England with the eyes emoji. And he tweets at Patriots at Des Bryant. I will tell you why Des Bryant's not in New England. He's 31. He's no longer fast. He's coming off a torn Achilles. He can't separate. Haven't we seen this story before? It's called every other receiver the Patriots have not named Julian Edelman. And we did this with Mohamed Sanu last year. Don't you already have aging wide receivers? Don't you already have receivers that can't separate? And no, I don't want to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. I'd rather trade for Allen Robinson. If the Patriots were going to make a move, trade for Allen Robinson for the Bears. He wants a new deal, but... He's got an affordable contract right now, $10.9 million base salary. It goes down every single week that he plays in Chicago. The Patriots have the second most cap space in the NFL. He's 90.3 grade from pro football focus against single coverage in 2018. The Patriots don't have anybody that beats single coverage. Julian Edelman's 10 points lower than that, and he is the best on the Patriots. So if we're going to make a move, then – Allen Robinson would be the guy I would go for. Fast, big, physical, plays outside, beats man coverage, forces you to maybe draw a double team from a, from a safety high help position, brings in some you know brings more and more help to the Patriots offense. So, overall my prediction for this game though as we wrap up the pod, 27-21 Seahawks. I think New England plays well coming back on Tuesday. We've got a really fun interview with Actor and host of the Believe in Seahawks podcast, Brett Davern, and uh, I'm excited for this. In addition to talking about the game or talking about football, got a lot of questions for him. So until next time, we will see you, everybody. Remember Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and uh, we will also you can follow me at FA Radio Brady. As always, go Pats.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.